Well, boy, as if it couldn't get any worse for Kansas football, it did. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. Good to be with you here for another week. Uh, Let's get to this Les Miles disaster. The guy got fired. You want to call it mutually parting ways, whatever it might be. That's fine. But he's no longer the head coach at KU. He got $2 million to go away because of what happened here in the wake of uh, the report coming out, tying him to LSU and uh, some of the certainly inappropriate conduct that allegedly took place during his time as the head coach at LSU. And if you missed it, that included back in 2013, uh, inappropriately inviting staffers to a hotel room, apparently trying to kiss a staffer, all things that are wholly inappropriate, especially when you're less miles. You're the head coach at LSU, and let's be honest, Les Miles uh, was at that point in time arguably the most powerful man in the state of Louisiana. Not just like the head of the football program. When you're a national championship winner at LSU, you are arguably bigger than the governor. I mean, that's an abuse of power, right? There's no doubt about it. So Les Miles gets let go. I don't know how KU had... Any other choice here in the matter, the only way that you could get around it was if you said, okay, we had no idea about any of this. And since Les Miles has been here, he's been a a real stand-up guy and a leader. And I, I have no idea. I can't speak to that. But I do see that side of it where you say, okay, um, if this guy's been a model citizen here at Kansas for the past two plus years. Is that worth something, right? Like, should that be considered? But at the same time, it just makes everybody look bad, especially in the era that that we're living in. So it didn't seem like KU had much of a choice, but I will say this too. It it seemed to me like there was part of KU that was okay moving on from Les Miles and maybe wanted to use this as a way to move on from Les Miles. And I'm not saying that anybody thought Les Miles should be able to do more than 3-18 and 18 the past two years, considering he had to rip the program down, not go the JUCO route, try to recruit high school guys and get them to Lawrence. But it does seem to me like there are just some guys who are happy that they could turn the page from Les Miles. And for better or for worse, that's what's obviously going to be happening now. But certainly it's the last thing that... Uh, KU football needs. It's a dumpster fire. It's the worst power five job in America, and it just didn't get any better, right? So then the question became, well, what do you do with Jeff Long? Well, Jeff Long, we find out, was fired on Wednesday. He is out as the AD, and guess what? That was the only way to go here. They had to be a package. I'm sorry. They had to be. But the beginning of the end for Jeff Long was when he had this press conference on Tuesday afternoon, and some of the ways that he was answering these questions were just horrible. Here, here's just one example of this. The hires that you made in Arkansas, we were talking a lot about less, but the hires at Arkansas weren't successful either. Are there things that you've learned? In, in what regard? Possible? I would have to ask, what regard were they not successful? On, on the field? I mean, and the um, Petrino thing, we don't, we don't need to get into that. But, like, what, what have you learned from those processes? Or what, why do you think KU fans should be confident that, that you can make this hire uh, the right one? Yeah. Um, well, like I said, I've been involved in college football my entire uh, professional life. 
Uh, I've worked in a number of institutions. I worked in another a, a number of conferences. Um, I have, excuse me, uh, worked in uh, many different ways in college football. But I think I'm uniquely prepared, having been a college football coach at the Division One level uh, at a Power Five school early in my career, and then having worked at a number of Power Five institutions along the way. So I, I'm confident in my uh, knowledge. I'm confident in my experience, and you know I have no doubt that we can find the next great leader for the KU in the best interests of our student athletes. I mean. Could you think of a worse way to answer that question for Jeff Long? Well, I mean, I, I've been doing this for a long time. Okay, when's the last time you did it well? Like, seriously, Jeff Long was brought in to turn around the football program. There was nothing that he had to do with basketball. That was fine. Nothing whatsoever. And uh, his job was to turn around football. And he hired his buddy, Les Miles, and it didn't work out. Didn't work out. I mean, geez, there's there's just there's no other way that you can spin this thing that was going to work out for Jeff Long. So he was let go and it just it had to be that way. Les Miles and Jeff Long had to be a package deal here. You couldn't get rid of one and keep the other. And that's obviously um, what KU came to the conclusion on as well, that this was the only way that this could possibly go down. One had to go, the other had to go, and that's what they decided to do, and that uh, was the right move here. It was the right move. You couldn't keep one of these guys. There was no way to do that and make any sense. So now the question becomes, all right, who's on the short list uh, for the Jayhawks here? Uh, there's a couple of ways Kansas can go, but a guy like Jeff Monken, who runs a triple option offense at Army, who has turned around Army, that's how Kansas wins, or at least gets respectable, because they would be using a system that nobody sees in college football, that nobody prepares for on a regular basis in college football, so you naturally catch people off guard with lesser athletes. Like, that's what Kansas has to do to really turn this thing around because they, outside of that, I don't see how they're going to compete and take things to the next level. I really don't. So a guy like Jeff Monken at least gets you started in the right direction, possibly in, in rebranding, but... Jeff Monken want the Kansas job? Like, seriously, he's got a nice thing going in Army. He could stay there for a very long time. I have no idea what his personal situation is, but uh, does he want the Kansas job? That's the thing. Who wants the job? A name I threw out there, uh, we did our picks over the website at heartlandcollegesports.com. Matthew Postens, he picked Bill Clark, UAB head coach. And um, I went with, uh, Derek Duke went with Jeff Monken, and I went with Tom Herman. Now, you might be laughing your tail off at me here, all right, about Tom Herman. But I know the guy was fired by Texas, and I know that he wasn't exactly a media darling, and he wasn't always easy to deal with from the people I spoke to around Texas. But I will say this. The guy knows how to recruit, all right? He recruited very well at Houston. He landed a couple of four or five-star guys at Houston. And Tom Herman is at his best at motivating guys when they've got a chip on their shoulder. That's when he's at his best. It's when he was at his best at Houston, doing things like beating Oklahoma. And uh, I think it was, what, Bob Stoops' last year. Like, that's when he's at his best. He couldn't really do it with Texas players and the Blue Bloods. It just didn't seem like he could motivate them well. 
I believe that Tom Herman could motivate Kansas guys because every weekend they'd have a chip on their shoulders. And I think he could recruit pretty well, too, if he had the right guys on that staff. So it's interesting. It's the Tom Herman Big 12 revenge tour. It has a nice little ring to it, right? What do you think of that? Does that sound good to you? I mean, I'm, I'm just throwing it out there. I am. But it's not going to be easy. This time of year to find a new head coach at Kansas? I mean, my goodness, that's going to be tough. That is going to be so difficult for whoever um, has to make this hire. But I will say this. The AD job for Kansas, the AD job is more appealing than the head coaching job is for the football program. The AD job of a, of a place like Kansas is a good job because you got all that athletic department underneath you, and there's a lot of money in that athletic department, and you got a lot of big boosters and whatnot. But still, you got to hit that. You got to hit that higher on the football side of things. And I believe firing Jeff Long does make the hire easier on the football side if you get the right AD. I don't believe you would have gotten any cream of the crop with Jeff Long running that program. No way, no how. I, I didn't see how that was going to be possible. We're going to dive into much more here on the uh, Big 12 football side of things. But first, uh, March Madness, of course, is here. And if you haven't listened to Our other show this week, our Big 12 Tournament Preview with myself and Matthew Postens. Please do give a listen to that, and we'll have much more uh, March Madness content here in the next couple of weeks. Our friends at MyBookie have a great deal. 100% sign-up bonus right now when you use our promo code BIG12. They double your money right out of the gates. Put in 100, get 100, no reasons to unlock it. They just put it right into your account with the promo code BIG12, BIG12 at mybookie.com. Also, for the tournament, they've got a $100,000 bracket contest, and it's only $10 to enter. That's $25,000 for first place, $12,500 for second, $5,000 for third, and the payout up to 750th place. They've also got one that's a $10,000 tournament that's only $1. Yes, $1 to enter. You can't beat that. So get on it at mybookie.com backslash my bracket that's mybookie.com slash my bracket top 750 scores are going to win prizes and uh, they are a great partner of heartlandcollegesports.com so be sure to use them this march i know i will be and i i'm just so pumped this is my favorite time of the year mybookie.com and the promo code big 12 gets you that 100 sign up bonus for march madness get on it all right um Derek Duke did this, and I wanted to share it with you here. He wrote about it on the website. Ranking the next first Big 12 conference football champion, meaning of the teams of the Big 12 who have uh, never won the Big 12. There are four of them. They are Iowa State, West Virginia, Texas Tech, and Kansas. So ranking the next first Big 12 champion of the teams who have never won a Big 12 championship, Derek had the order right. And the order is Iowa State, obviously, with what Matt Campbell's doing with this program. West Virginia at two. Texas Tech at three. Kansas at four. I mean, that's the only way to rank those four. I'm sorry. It's really not even close in terms of how you how you rank those four um, on that list. Because Iowa State, obviously, you're going to have them at the top with what Matt Campbell is doing. No ifs, ands, or buts. Can't even question that. Then you'll say, okay, all right, uh, West Virginia, I like what Neil Brown is doing. I don't think they have the quarterback right now in Jared Daigie to come close to winning a Big 12 championship or even competing for a Big 12 championship. 
But I want to see what this dude Garrett Green's got. People are high on Garrett Green, and I want to see what he's all about um, with West Virginia this spring. That's going to be one of the most interesting spring stories to watch because Jared Dagey did not come close to doing enough for me to justify him like having a lock on that job. There's no way that Jarrett Dagey deserves to have a lock on that West Virginia job. No way, no how. Then you've got Texas Tech. And uh, there's a lot of work to be done there. I mean, those Mike Leach era years feel like a lifetime ago, do they not? Be honest. That, that feels like a million years ago. Because it almost was at this point. And Red Raiders fans, listen, I know you're happy. Coach Beard, what they're doing with basketball. I believe this, and I believe that any Tech fan after a few beers would admit this. They would trade all this basketball success for football success. I know, I know some of you Tech fans are screaming right now, screaming at me, but come on. You're telling me you wouldn't? No way, no how. You would trade a, a top 15 basketball program for a top 15 football program? You would. It's West Texas. You should, by the way. I mean, unless you're Kansas, every Big 12 fan base should trade a top 15 basketball program for a top 15 football program. Uh, You'd be silly not to unless you're Kansas, right? And then last but not least, Kansas. There's no need to explain any more here. Obviously, Kansas is last on that list for next first time uh, Big 12 champion. The Eyes of Texas report came out. 59 pages released by the university here. 59 pages detailing the history around the eyes of Texas, the school song that obviously has um, been a uh, hot-button topic since these social justice issues of the past year or so. And the 59-page report, very detailed. I read parts of it and basically came back saying there was no racist intent. Yes, it did debut at a 1903 minstrel show, but in summary... The report, which was put together by a 24-person committee, concluded, quote, these historical facts add complexity and richness to the story of a song that debuted in a racist setting, exceedingly common for the time, but as a preponderance of research showed, had no racist intent. Now, to me, that matters. Like, I don't know about you, but to me, that matters. And that context is important. The song was written by a student who was a yearbook editor of the UT band, I mean, over 100 years ago now. Um, And he wrote it at the direction of Lewis Johnson, who was then the director of the university chorus. And he believed that Texas needed a school song. So they drew some inspiration from former UT president, William Prather. And he's the one who would say, the eyes of Texas are upon you. Now, the tune that they borrowed was a melody from I've Been Working on the Railroad, which, of course, is a noted slave song. However, the report says that the tune was used because it was a popular melody that many UT students already knew. That's why that melody was used. Also, according to Lewis Johnson's family records, the lyrics, quote, do not think you can escape them at night or early in the morn had a specific purpose and it had nothing to do with the reference to slave owners to watch black people. Instead, the Johnson's family records state that those words were, quote, a direct statement to the student body, which was overwhelmingly white at that time, that elders of the state and the previous generations are watching them and expecting them to do great things with their education. It was not driven by anything around race or slaves or anything like that. 
So that's what this report came out with, and it's very detailed, and you should read parts of it if, you know, you don't want to believe me on it. But I hope that, listen, I'm not saying that you can't feel how you want to feel. You can. But canceling something because you feel a certain way when, to put it bluntly, your feelings are misguided based on the history of how the song was written, what its intent was, what its purpose was, and what the lyrics actually mean should matter and should be way more important. Way more important in this. All right? So I, my hope is that people who are really bothered by it will read the 59-page report and will come away feeling a little bit differently or at least understanding the historical aspects first of the time And then secondly, that a lot of the insinuations that people had about the lyrics and the melody and everything else are are misplaced in terms of their frustration around it. Of course, it's not right that it was taking place at minstrel shows and that's where it's debuted, right? Like that's that's not cool. No one supports that. No one advocates for that. But in terms of the song itself, it was also believed that it was tied to Confederate General Robert E. Lee. Well, the news came out in this report that there is no tie to Robert E. Lee. They could find no evidence to support that claim. They talked to the people at Washington at Lee, the college uh, where he was president, and they couldn't find anything with the Confederate general and the ties to the phrase, the eyes of Texas are upon you. They couldn't find it. Now, of course, the report did add this caveat that absence of evidence is not proof of absence. But, you know, once again, we have to go off of what we know. And the overwhelming evidence is as such. Right now, at least, until proven otherwise. And a 59-page report on a song is a pretty comprehensive, comprehensive historical report on a school song. So uh, I hope that that does clarify some things for people. And um, I don't want to say it's it's done. I'm sure it's not done in terms of the controversy around it. But I I do genuinely hope that people read it or at least, you know, Uh, dive into parts of it. I know you can't read a 59-page report, but some time with it would certainly be a good thing. I'm Pete Mundo. Heartland College Sports Weekly is the show. Heartlandcollegesports.com is the site. It's great to be with you guys, and uh, please leave a rating, review, subscribe to this podcast because I will send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail. Yes, when you leave a rating and a review on this podcast and send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Leave that rating, leave that review, and subscribe, and um, I'll take care of you guys with that koozie. It helps so much. And, of course, our friends at mybookie.com with the promo code BIG12. That's BIG12 for a 100% sign-up bonus. And enter their March Madness contest right now. $100,000 bracket contest on mybookie is only $10 to get in. You can't beat it. We'll talk to you guys soon. Have a great week.